0: Hello, ghosties. I'm Chance Lee.
1: And I'm Amanda McAvoy.
0: And this is That's So Gothic, a movie podcast about girls, guys, and haunted houses. And, you know, Amanda, I think this is a great episode to listen to in the bath for tubby time. It's (laughs) Creep. (laughs) All right, we are... uh... Leaving the flatlands, and we are heading up towards the mountaintop. At the outset, said $1,000 for the day. Filming services. Discretion is appreciated.
1: A yellow door.
0: I'm realizing that no one knows I'm here.
1: Hi. Oh, shit. oh I'm sorry. Why? I
0: didn't mean to scare you. I'm assuming you're Aaron. Yeah. I'm Aaron. That's too Joseph, oh my my God, God. oh my God. This is gonna be a good day. So the reason I've hired you is because I have terminal brain cancer and I want you to film me to make a video diary for my unborn son. You ready for this? Okay. Joseph, this is called an adventure. We don't know exactly where we're going, but I have a feeling. When you follow those feelings, great things can happen. Don't ever forget that. Joseph? <laughs> there was about two seconds there where it looked like you wanted to kill me. Joseph? I think I'm gonna head back. Have you see my keys? One drink, okay? Bottoms up?
1: To get out of that house right now. Joseph. Joseph. Why do you look scared? Don't be scared.
0: It'll all be over soon. Released in 2014, Creep was written and directed by, and stars, Patrick Bryce, as well as Mark Duplass, who also co-wrote and co-starred in the movie. And this is ostensibly the story of a man with a terminal illness who hires someone to preserve his final days on film for his son. Or so he says. Ooh. Mm -hmm. So Creep was released on Netflix, so there's no box office or other revenue data it has a 91% critical tomato wow and a 66% audience tomato which is a big a big divide yeah and Rogerebert.com did not review it big miss Uh there but (laughs) one of their writers named Peyton Robinson analyzed this movie in a 2023 column called trust your gut the role of conscience in horror Ooh, And so I want to compare and contrast two things. One mm-hmm. is a one star Rotten Tomato review from someone named Sydney P. And then the other is a paragraph from the Peyton Robinson column for roger.com. Okay. So here's Sydney's one star review. <laughs> This was 82 minutes of the protagonist making truly the worst decisions possible with almost no established motivations. My dude drives to a mountaintop cabin at night. It's during the day Somewhere he's never been for $200 by himself, then proceeds to tolerate the absolute most from a clearly deranged man. I'm sorry, but as soon as the wolf mask comes out, I'm leaving as quickly as possible. Okay. I'm sure you are. Sydney's so smart, like so smart and superior. Um, And anyway, here's Peyton Robinson for Roger Ebert. While we as viewers may roll our eyes or plead at our TVs begging him to leave, objectively, we can't call him wrong. It's Mm -hmm. part of the human condition. Catching yourself in a moment of judgment or apprehension and talking yourself out of it is a universal experience. Empathy and social conscience can be easily manipulated by others as well as ourselves inadvertently, whether it's external puppet strings or the simple desire to be a good person. In Aaron's case, that's the protagonist. He mm-hmm. falls victim to both. The suppression of your gut instinct is a horrifyingly realistic way to find yourself in the face of violence.
1: Mm-hmm. I've very much agree with that take I it's funny I think the older I get you you would almost think it would be the opposite but the older I get the more I relate to horror movie protagonists who get sort of stuck in these situations because I think the older you get the more empathetic you can be you know it's not mm-hmm. true for everyone but the empathy is real the sense of um, duty the sense mm-hmm. of responsibility that you could have I mean, I I watched this movie for the first time only a couple of years ago but I could imagine if I had watched it when I was younger and more jittery I would say <laughs> I could see you know maybe agreeing with the review by Sydney but no I absolutely agree that I when I watched it this time for the second time I saw nothing nothing that Aaron did was wrong honestly
0: Right. You can see how it goes because, yeah, especially when we'll get into it, you know, he goes from being in these kind of uncomfortable moments to then being asked to question them and it ripples. And yes. There's a push and pull to it. It's not like he's just blindly going along with it. There's always tension there in, right. the, in the script.
1: Yeah. And I think, too, you know, this is a short movie. Um, it's a very very short movie so you don't know a whole lot of Aaron's background because as i'm watching it i'm thinking about all the people he you know could have turned to or something but what if he doesn't have that support group you know what is it's there's a again it's a short movie and i think that's what makes it good though is cuz it's kind of ambig, ambiguous on that um, you don't know what like Aaron's upbringing was like you don't know what circumstances led him to exactly be there you get some snippets but it's really up for your own interpretation
0: right and he's the type of person who would answer this ad for 200 dollars yeah i feel like to me that's all you need to know
1: yes yeah yeah very good point
0: he's you know desperate or needs Mm -hmm. it enough to be in this situation yes and the movie even like sydney is not paying attention because the movie even like explicitly calls that out later on
1: yes yeah yeah and well i mean clearly because she said that he shows up at night he shows up in broad daylight It's
0: broad daylight like sydney wake up yeah so yeah i liked i really liked what they said on the roger ebert.com review because my that gives me a little bit more depth to maybe Mm. why i feel this way but when people's people's criticism of horror movies is in like yes they made a stupid decision or even worse i wouldn't do that yeah the most asinine form of criticism possible. Like it, it holds absolutely no substance and seems to only serve to position the critiquer as superior or more intelligent or more savvy. And it's just like, shut the fuck up, Sydney. You didn't even know you can't even tell the difference between day and night, bitch. So (laughs) like, sit down, sit down.
1: Right. Like, I think it's important as moviegoers that we do try to like consider the characters like motivations and things like that but you know that's the whole point of watching a movie is that you can't know everything that goes on in a split second decision and just like you can't know in real life when you're watching someone else so yeah sydney take that
0: take that Wow, creep is yeah. a metaphor for life. I love this already. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so but it's not—it's the deepest movie we've talked about so far. It's
0: pretty deep. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it only has it only has two people in it, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's got the two guys who both co-wrote the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Patrick Bryce also directed it. I don't know anything about him. Mm-mm. Him, I don't know anything about. And Mark Duplass, I've seen here and there quite a few times he acts he directs he writes he rose up from what they call the mumblecore movement Mm. um which also kind of gave birth to greta gerwig um so wikipedia defines mumblecore as a subgenre of independent film characterized by naturalistic acting and sometimes improvised dialogue low budgets an emphasis on dialogue over plot and a focus on the personal relationships of young adults Filmmakers associated with the genre include Lynn Shelton, the Duplass brothers, Greta Gerwig, Joe Swanberg. Mm. Um, and it says the genre is a mostly American phenomenon. And then they say the related term mumble gore has been oh. used for films mixing the mumble core and horror subgenres.
1: Oh, that's fun.
0: So who knew? I know. Um, who, who is who is the? other brother mark (laughs) duplass's yeah so his brother is named jay okay and they they've like co-created stuff together and jay is in a few episodes of search party which might qualify as a mumble core show oh that's with uh, alia Shockett
1: and
0: she plays a college student they graduated college and they're like directionless mm-hmm. and she finds out that this girl who she went to college with, but never actually probably ever talked to has gone missing. And mm. she decides to make it her like life's mission to find her. Oh and yeah. That sounds really interesting. Her friends are all self-absorbed and are just like, why do you want to spend time doing this? Yeah. And she's kind of trying to make this girl's disappearance all about her. Yeah. And the first maybe two seasons of that show are absolutely brilliant. Really? And then, The third season starts to uh, careen off a little bit, and I can't remember if it was on for four or five years, but the last season has zombies in it. Oh, my God. It goes so far off the rails that like, even I could, I I love when things kind of go off the rails, but this felt like y'all need to stop.
1: Interesting. It still sounds interesting. I kind of want to give that a go.
0: Highly recommend the first season. Like it could yeah. be, I can't even remember how the first season ends, but like, you know, you, you don't always need a resolution. You especially yeah. don't need the resolution to be, oh, yada, yada, yada. Now the characters are living in a survivor camp while there's a zombie outbreak. Yes. Like, <laughs> I, it, I just cannot believe the stuff yeah. they did with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he's in that. And for the longest, I don't know why, probably because they, I think they played a married couple once, but I thought Mark Duplass was married to Amanda Pete. Oh, and I was really excited to similar. talk about Amanda Pete. God, maybe they're related, but um, yeah. <laughs> she's she's not married to him. She's not married to his brother. I don't know how I got that in my head, but yeah, just wanted to say love Amanda Pete.
1: Yeah, she's great. I love her.
0: And then just I have to point out this one line from Mark Duplass's Wikipedia page that mm-hmm. I can't remember seeing any line quite like this on anyone else's Wikipedia page. His ancestry. I'm going to start this over. It was so weird. I can't even form the words in my mouth. His ancestry includes French Cajun, Italian, Ashkenazi Jewish, and German. Great. Uh, how do they know all this? I don't. Know, I didn't. Cl- I didn't even click the <laughs> yeah. footnote. I was just like, I was just like, why? Why? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Like, like, there's so many things you could put on someone's Wikipedia page, and like, yeah. that is not one of them I've ever wondered. Wow,
1: uh, fascinating.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fascinating now I, now that you've said, now if, let me click the footnote. We'll click the footnote live and see. Yeah. See what that leads to. Um, okay, just an article, and <laughs> uh, uh, there's an article in New Yorker. Jay Duplass doesn't want to be a Cohen brother anymore oh somehow it comes up in that so neither of these articles are about their ancestry so someone like yeah, yeah, yeah. this out of some random article about something else and put it into
1: and felt it was wikipedia really page. necessary for his yeah. wikipedia interesting Very strange. Um, so i only knew mark duplass sort of i never even like sat down and watched this show i think it was something my brother really enjoyed was the show the league which is a comedy show all about fantasy football leagues and he was really funny in that i remember and i remember liking the show for the most part i just as someone who doesn't care about fantasy football couldn't get that much into it um but you know i'm sure it'll kind of come up a little bit later but um this is one of those movies you know sort of like a jordan peele movie where it like is horror thriller but it incorporates some subtle funny parts and it's something I definitely noticed more on the rewatch. So it's always really fun for me to watch a movie that, you know, a horror movie that has like a, some input by someone who has like a comedic background, because I think it adds like a really interesting dimension to it.
0: I think this movie is very funny. I yeah. find <laughs> Mark Duplass like immensely charming as well. Yes. And just the perfect fit for this yes,
1: yeah which also is you know why i don't blame aaron he's very charming he's very likable
0: yes Mm -hmm. and as you said this is a short movie it's only 80 Mm -hmm. minutes long it's our second i think our second found footage movie we watched the visit Mm. M night Shyamalan yes um i love a found footage movie i think same they lend themselves well to this type of dialogue that may be improvised a lot of it because it's so naturalistic and uh, it sounds like you, you've seen this one before, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. I watched it, ooh, maybe only like a month ago, a month or two ago. Oh, I saw really? it very recently, yeah. And I watched it with a friend who talked throughout the entire thing, which was obnoxious. fantastic. Yeah. Um, But I still enjoyed it, despite that. Yeah. And I don't think I mentioned that there was, there is a sequel, there's a creep tube. Yes. Um, And I won't reveal too much about it. And this is one of the few movies I'll say to the ghosties, if you haven't seen this, I do recommend watching it first. Yes, Um, I agree. I'm I'm not like, I think most of the time spoilers don't like if a spoiler Mm. affects something really that bad, maybe it's not worth watching. And I do think you can enjoy this movie knowing where it's going, but I think you you're missing out on two distinctly different experiences. Yes. I definitely agree because especially as someone who's watched this twice
1: now with some time in between, the first time I watched it, I absolutely adored this movie. The second time, I didn't like it as much, but I was able, I think, to get more out of it. So, and especially because the second time I watched it, there were parts that I had forgotten and things like that. So, I definitely agree. If you can, watch the movie first. Like, steal someone's Netflix.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I know that they have all of those stupid strict rules now. Um, but... Yeah, they caught me. But-
0: they caught me sharing a password. They caught
1: you? <gasps> no! They caught me.
0: Yeah. So now the person I was sharing the password from had to add me on their family plan for seven extra dollars a month. And now I Venmo them $21 quarterly for the right to use. Netflix.
1: That's wild. I, (laughs) I actually just signed up for Netflix for this and Oh, uh, that Tim Robinson comedy comedy show. I think you should leave. I don't know if you've ever watched it. It's very funny, but, um, I fully intend on canceling it after a month or two. I hate giving oh. them any money.
0: Yeah. You know, I, 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 I put my Amazon prime on hold cause they added mm. ads in January, 2024. I, I think the only streaming service currently I pay for is Netflix because wow. it has all the bonkers true crime docu series that, that I enjoy yeah. and Pokemon. And those are my two genders, Pokemon and horror.
1: yeah that's true see for me i have to pay for hbo because i have to watch the sopranos because my gender is that now italian man so
0: Mm -hmm. who wants
1: american italian yeah love a cannoli so (laughs) yeah i'll get rid of netflix event i netflix is one of those ones that i will sign up for randomly and kind of have for like a month or two but for the most
0: part it just annoys me Mm. Well, at least Mm it has Creep. Yes, it does, which is good. And Creep 2, and I do recommend Mm -hmm. watching that one as well, even if I didn't like it as much.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not as strong, but it's still good. And not to spoil anything, but I think Creep 2 goes a little bit more in the ridiculous, funny direction. So if that's something you liked about the first Creep, I would definitely recommend the second one.
0: I agree 100%. Yeah. So let's um let's spoil the movie now. We're All right. To our plot summary. So we begin with Aaron, who is some sort of freelance camera person. Mm-hmm. Most of the movie is told through his perspective. He's holding a camera and filming everything mm-hmm. because he is answering. I don't know, like a Craigslist ad to for 200 bucks, he'll film someone. He doesn't know who this person is. He says that he makes this kind of joke that he hopes it's a middle aged woman who wants a rub down, which is kind of funny and also kind of like, wait, who's the creep here? Um, Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but also that does characterize him a lot. It's like, okay, we know he probably doesn't have a relationship. He needs two hundred dollars, you know, like he has he has eight hours. He has this full day to just do this
1: right so yeah.
0: you know we learn a lot about him i think this whole plot summary is just going to be a, a attack against um sylvia or whatever her name was
1: yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> so i've already yeah, forgotten he, her name sydney
1: sydney yeah. he pulls up to the house on a bright clear day
0: it is so sunny like yeah. he's able to see everything he walks right. around the house
1: yeah and he, he sees and she an calls it like a a mountain you know cabin or something it's not like the texas chainsaw massacre like it looks like you know oh, if, you, if you go to like the white mountains in like new hampshire like i'm sure there's neighbors like it's not in the middle of nowhere
0: no they're literally like an hour outside of la yeah like, that's they're literally where they filmed it and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like yeah it's an, it's nice it's cute yeah. right um and yeah not you, and and the thing i like that this movie does so much especially the first time i watched it I didn't know where it was going. Yeah. You know, I really felt similar to the Aaron character, which is like, am I actually I'm gonna save this for the gothic roundup so we have something mm-hmm. to talk about there. But there's always <laughs> a like, what's going on here element yes. to it? Yes. And and it, and the film shows that little it's like, yeah. oh, there's an axe. Oh, it's quiet. Yeah. Um right. and then we meet Joseph, who like suddenly appears. Oh, yeah. he, he appears at the past the driver's side window. Uh-huh. And immediately like wants to bring down boundaries he gives him a hug um he's just overly familiar right off the bat Mm -hmm. he goes up the stairs and he's wearing these tight little running pants (laughs) that have this this zipper pocket like right above the crack like it's centered you know it's not over either cheek it's centered and i just centered, yeah it's like a horizontal crack (laughs) yes and like i think that one i think that is so funny And two, this is a left turn, but have you ever seen the Coneheads movie?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think I have actually.
0: I actually highly recommend the Coneheads movie. Um, okay. I'm not a fan of SNL or comedies, yeah. really. And I do have some nostalgia for it. But I watched it maybe like five years ago and still thought it was really funny. Yeah. But there's a scene where you see, so Dan Aykroyd plays a Conehead, which is like an SNL character. Yeah. They're aliens. They have giant cones for heads. But no one ever seems to acknowledge it. They're just like, these mm-hmm. people are different. And that's the joke. Yeah. Um, but there's a scene where he's at the gym and they show him nude from behind. Uh-huh. And he has no cracks. His butt is just like smooth, <laughs> and like, and that's re- really what this reminded me of. Yeah. <laughs> so great! I love a great butt. butt yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> so we go into the house. You know, it's just a, yeah, like you said, it's a cute little house. I feel yeah. like my my aunt had a house in upstate New York like this. Mm, you know, yeah. it's like in the woods. It's probably near a lake. Oh, I, I right, think they are near some water. Yeah. Um. And Joseph explains that the reason he's hiring uh, Aaron is because he has a terminal cancer. He has a brain tumor the size of a softball. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: he's going to die soon. And he wants to leave his son a video to remember him by.
1: Right, right. And he's very, like, optimistic in this introduction. Like, he's even saying, you know, he thinks he's going to beat it. And, you know, again, like, just adding to that, like, charm. Like, why would you doubt this person who's like so cheerful and like sweet and you know, but he's also kind of like it made me laugh because he just reminds me of like those like really toxic positive people sometimes, you know, he's like, you know, I just gotta keep eating right, gotta keep working out, and we're gonna beat this. And it's like, okay, sure you
0: are. <laughs> and and yeah, he's he's kind of weaponizing that positivity mm-hmm. against Saren to keep him in this situation. Yes. Um and, we'll, and immediately throws him a curveball where he decides it's tubby time. He says, we're going to take a bath together. And he's like, well, yeah. I'm going to take the bath. And he's like, it's not weird. I'm going to take the bath and you're just going to film me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so he undresses and gets in the tub and then does this whole like mime act. Yeah. Of washing his son's hair. And he says he used to take baths with his dad. And he's so uncomfortable like baby talk to him yeah and um to me this like and with there being no child it just kind of emphasizes the weird ridiculousness of it It yes. also emphasizes just kind of like how stupid and weird people are with their children in general like, yes and so i'm kind of like this is both kind of creepy but also like i totally see this happening in some family like it seems real oh absolutely well and you have to wonder if maybe he's
1: pulling from real experiences and it adds to this like Mm. level of because you you know spoiler alert but like you never know what he's saying is true or not Mm -hmm. so there could be some truth behind the weird action
0: that's a good point and it's so Mm. weirdly specific at all times which is this makes it really funny. And then again, another curveball, because then he immediately gets depressed and is like, maybe I mm-hmm. should just end it all, and like sinks below the water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's gonna drown himself. Um, but then pops up and is like, just kidding, yeah. let's go for a walk. Yep. Um, so they go to get dressed and get warm for this hike through the woods. Mm-hmm. And Aaron screams because there's this very creepy wolf mask. On a shelf in the basement, and Joseph's like, "What is it?" And he's like, "What is that?" And he's just like, "Oh, that's Peach Fuzz." (laughs) Peach Fuzz. I fucking love Peach Fuzz. I love Peach Fuzz.
1: Like, I feel like you cannot under like undersell how uncomfortable this does it. Am I imagining it, or does it have like? Or maybe it's just the inside of the mouth is like red. So it looks like it almost has blood in its mouth. <laughs> it's like, just the
0: creepiest mask.
1: The hair is just so patty wampus, just all over the place.
0: <laughs> it's, it's so it's scary. Oh, and yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you can buy one on Amazon or similar. Really? Yeah, yeah, it has the red wolf tongue.
1: Wow, I know what I'm being for Halloween.
0: Peach Fuzz would be a great costume.
1: Honestly, it'd be a nice, easy one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But he talks about his dad again, and he says that his dad created Peach Fuzz um, to to get along better with children, and he sings this little Peach Fuzz song. I'll put the song in the video. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So in the podcast, so people can listen to it. Hello, my name is Peach Fuzz. I might look like I eat you up. (sighs) But I'm as friendly as a rabbit, and I'd make a very good friend.
1: Peach friends, I am here, and there's nothing to
0: fear.
1: I don't know if you have any, like, intel on this, but, like, the song does sound improvised, so I don't oh, know if that me. was a conscious decision beforehand to make something that they had already written sound, you know, ad-libbed, or if it truly was, because, yeah, it's very bizarre. It's, it's, it's a good time, though.
0: It's a very good time. Yeah. And they... Again, he blows it off. They're like, okay. So then they go off into the woods to this... They end up at this heart-shaped spring where they're mm-hmm. going to kind of wade in the water a bit. And throughout, Joseph will kind of run off and disappear. And mm-hmm. then like, yes. pop out from behind a log and scream. <laughs> or pop out from behind a tree and scream. Yes.
1: <laughs> and like the way this- Every time Aaron's like, stop doing that. It's- But, you know, uh, Joseph, that's his name, right? Yeah. Um, He's just having a great time doing it, so.
0: (laughs) There's one point where he takes the camera and turns it on Aaron, and it's like, you should see your face right now. And (laughs) 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 And it just... To me, it's so genius the like, way this movie is taking cheap jump scares and yes. like, making them organic and kind of fun where you're still jumpy, but then like yes. I mean you can't be bad about it. Yeah. That's it's true. such a good idea. True um so they go to the spring and they wade into it and um joseph it is like i'm glad you're here like i know this is an uncomfortable situation um you know I, I i'm glad you're you're sticking with me and is this when he tells him no he so then they go to a restaurant mm-hmm. uh to get some food and joseph admits that he had been taking pictures of Aaron this whole time. Yes. And when he showed up and was looking for him Mm -hmm. um, and thought that if he got to know him, it would make him a little less nervous. Mm -hmm. And and we're getting this weird, like, is this creepy? Is this right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: endearing. Like, what is he? Yeah.
0: And then we get, after this, we get probably, and I cannot believe I did not remember this part. One of the, weirdest monologues of the movie. <sighs> yeah. And this is when they get back to the house and now it's dark yeah. Sydney. Mm-hmm. It's dark. Now it is it's dark. probably been, I don't know, 45 minutes yep. in the daylight and now it's dark. Um, And Aaron wants to go home and yes. Joseph is like, well, I just want to tell you one more thing, but I've never told anybody this. So will you turn the camera off? Yeah. So, Aaron turns the camera off but leaves the sound on so you just have a dark mm-hmm. screen and Joseph talking and it's like the first time I remember I don't know what to think And this time I don't know I could stop laughing because it's just, just so wild
1: yeah I mean definitely the second time when you watch it you know the context of because I don't know about you but like I did not guess sort of the we haven't like addressed it full on but can i say sort of like the plot twist of this yeah movie? let's do it so he's not actually dying he doesn't actually have a wife and a child and all of that we've kind of alluded to it but you know when you watch it the second time obviously you know that but when you watch it the first time like i mean i'm really really bad at get like guessing plot twists i had no same. idea that was going to be the plot twist like i had no, no Oh, idea. same yeah so um, when you hear it the first time you are like a little bit horrified because it's kind of disturbing um, but the second time you're right it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot funnier the second time but also in a weird way almost more disturbing because then you know it's all coming from just his imagination like right this guy is you know he doesn't have to be this crazy weirdo stalking people he could be an amazing writer this guy like what a such
0: up imagination he has so just like mark duplas like maybe you know you get into that too where it's like oh like i mean these two guys wrote this story you know yeah that's true in the great scheme of things and so what does that mean um but so the story is that he he, he's talking about his wife and how he found bestiality porn on the computer and
1: by the way it's very funny the way he does because he's like, he starts off the story. Like my internet was going slow. So I asked a friend at work what it could be. And the friend says that, you know, your browser history might be full, which, you know, I know cookies is a thing. I don't know that your computer will slow down because of your browser history. Am I wrong? I've been helping people with their computers for a while now. Um, So I thought that was very funny the way that it's set up. And yeah, he finds the the videos, and then you can you can go
0: on. Great, thank you. Um, you take it yeah, from he, here. I he found his porn, and yep. he said he said I wasn't looking at animal porn, Aaron. So <laughs> there's only two people who
1: use who that computer. Done <laughs> yeah, done it.
0: So he knows his wife is into bestiality porn,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: so he comes home with the peach fuzz mask and ties her up and mm-hmm. has sex with her.
1: Which this Without- kind of confused me too. Cause it's a little bit funny. He says that he breaks into the house in order to do oh. this, but she's just, she hypothetically would be asleep by the time he got to the bedroom because he says that he starts. I don't know. I just think the breaking into the house was a little bit of a, um, oh, you know, overkill. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's you know, into the bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, he could have gone through the front door, but no, he he <laughs> went,
0: he went full bit. He goes for it, yeah. And so you know, ostensibly raping her, and but he says, you know what, she enjoyed it, and she never realized it was him, and she never admitted what had happened, and like everything's fine. Yeah, everything's fine.
1: Yeah,
0: <sighs> it's
1: it's such an uncomfortable. I will say, I think the choice to, I mean, obviously, you know, it goes with the story too, but you know, the creative choice to make it so that you can't see him saying the story is very, very smart, because it, you know, sort of, it doesn't associate that character's Mark Duplass's face with the story, wow. and he That's has a really such a charming face, fa- like, face. And also, I don't know that like, I, I almost feel like I would Doubt the story a lot more if I could see his face, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but like, I think it was a very good choice to have it in darkness. I think it was really impactful.
0: That's a really good point because it does Mm -hmm. make you more, yeah, confused. How should I take this? Like,
1: yeah, right, right.
0: And is this like as bad as I want to make it out to be?
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it just like intensifies the like suspense of the story too because you're like oh what's gonna happen when the camera goes back on
0: yes and so the camera goes back on and mm-hmm. then you know joseph is now acting normal norm quote-unquote normal again because yep. you know the camera his idea has been off the whole time
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and so aaron wants to go but his keys are missing yeah so joseph tries to get him to stay the night and so aaron mm-hmm. drugs him by putting benadryl into his drink to make him fall Mm -hmm. asleep and then while he's sleeping joseph's phone rings and so he answers it and it's uh, i think the wife has a name angela i think it's angela yeah and it's angela on the phone Mm -hmm. but it turns out that angela isn't his wife it's his sister Mm -hmm. and she says that aaron should just leave the house right now just leave the house
1: yeah she says something about how you know her brother isn't think right in the head is the like kind of the phrasing she uses yeah and i love that scene like that's probably like just him talking to her is like one of the most tense scenes and it feels like a very realistic conversation
0: too it does and we do hear the person on the phone so there's like kind of one other character there's this woman's mm-hmm. voice she's voiced by mark Dupless's actual wife who is not amanda oh, Pete. Um, and as you're talking about that, I, I thought it was funny this is almost The same reveal as the other found footage movie we did, M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit, where they get a phone call and they're told the people you're the person you're in the house with is not who they say they are.
1: That is really funny. Yeah. Huh. And did this come out before?
0: Let's see. This is 2014 and the visit, M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit was the next year, 2015. Oh,
1: wow. M. Night Shyamalan
0: interesting
1: wow interesting I think we have a case on our hands i know <laughs> <laughs> but it also like you know you could get like really deep and talk about how it's you know uh, horror in the age of technology and you know i don't know but if you wanted to go there
0: <laughs> right i'm not gonna say like yes when m night Shyamalan wrote the visit an entire publishing house accused him of plagiarism but no, just I'm just putting some facts out there. Just I actually, I actually don't believe that. Um, yeah. that he's yes, yeah. but oh, um, I agree mostly because wow, uh, this is me me on the last podcast with M. Night Shyamalan. Love M. Night, people are so mean to M. Night Shyamalan. Me yeah. on this podcast, if he was a plagiarist, his movies would be better. <laughs>
1: also like not wrong but also i don't think he is because i think he's so far up his ass why would he need inspiration from anyone else like why would he need to take anything else oh he's there exactly he is brilliant he is show-stopping he doesn't need their help
0: right <laughs> uh, he's just a yeah. walking legend yeah. but, um anyway <laughs> oh, back to this movie um so so we've got the reveal Mm -hmm. And Aaron is now trying to escape. Um, Joseph wakes up. There's some scenes of him kind of running at towards him, intimidating him, wearing the peach fuzz mask and blocking the door. Yep. And kind of doing like a little little creepy level.
1: Yeah, he kind of does like a little dance in front of the door. Kind of starts like (laughs) moving his hips. (laughs)
0: It's true. He does do the dance. And it's again, it's like, is this dangerous? And we don't know because Aaron asked the sister, is he dangerous? And she like won't answer and then the phone's yeah. dead yeah yeah she kind
1: of said like i think he asked her if she's if he's dangerous and she kind of just says you should just get out of the house
0: right and yeah. so we're still not sure we're like is this a life-threatening situation or is he mm-hmm. just mentally ill and right we kind of got yada yada. us and things happen aaron ends up escaping and then he's still filming himself because he's getting like dvds in the mail from yeah. joseph he's getting a stuffed wolf in the mail from joseph that when he cuts it open he gets a little <laughs> heart locket with their pictures inside yeah it has a little a
1: and a j which the first boy i ever asked out his name started with a j so i wish i had that locket it's your it's y'all i should i should have done that i should have put our little pictures in a little locket and sent it to him in a stuffed wolf with the DVD.
0: And then he had to cut it open to get it. And out. then
1: he has to cut it open because that's the most romantic thing I've ever seen. <laughs> 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 he says something so, about, what does he say about the wolves? Like he's always really liked them because they're like, Oh, when they like mate, they mate for life or something like that. Like it's, <laughs> it's very uncomfortable. <laughs>
0: Well, this is too, it's funny because now it's like, oh, are we just getting into, like, he's a little mentally unstable and yeah. obsessed slash attracted to Aaron? Is there some homoeroticism yeah. here? Like,
1: yes. what is
0: happening?
1: <laughs> right. And this is where on my second rewatch, I think I got a lot more from the movie because I kind of forgot about almost this like whole section, like after he leaves the house. Mm-hmm. Because the iconic part of the movie is arguably... When he's in the house, like when he's, you know, tubby time, like seeing him in the peach fuzz mask, like those are kind of the in but we're only about, I think it's a little over halfway now. So a lot of the movie is this, it becomes this like thriller, this stalker thriller. Yeah. Um, and I completely forgot about that. And honestly, I think it's like the strongest part of the movie.
0: Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. See, I, I really enjoyed actually like the last bit of the movie.
0: It, it's good this is where I think to me the first time I watched it this is when I was the most confused in a good mm. way I'm like what what is happening yeah because I knew where it was going I was I was personally a little less invested in this part
1: mm. okay okay interesting
0: and we also get a part where Joseph has broken into the house and has turned on the camera and is filming him <laughs> cutting a lock of Aaron's hair to <laughs> yeah. keep yeah and he also
1: like pans down Aaron's body and like he lingers on his foot for a second. (laughs) That's right. And then, was it before or after this? I feel like we're, because honestly, this part, while I really liked it, it is a lot of just like beats of just like Mm -hmm. this day, creepy, this day, you know, like, you know, if you've ever watched a movie with a stalker, like, it does kind of follow similar, you know, tropes, but I can't remember if it's before or after that. I think it's before. um, I love it as like, Horror, like a just a traditional horror movie scary shot where Aaron leaves the camera on his end table, and it's this shot that goes through his bedroom door all the way across the house, and you see Joseph in the glass door. Yes. I love Although it is, it does end kind of funny because then Aaron like turns and Joseph just falls. <laughs> just like <laughs> goes down to like avoid him. Yes. Um so. I you know there are some really like unsettling, unnerving parts to this.
0: The framing is really, really good, yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then we finally get um like a, a I can't remember if it's a phone call or if he gets a video um but he gets a message from. Aaron gets a message from Joseph saying, trying to apologize. Like, sorry, I've been lying to you. You know, I'm sad. I'm lonely. You know, I've been trying to get help and no one can help me. Can you meet me in this public place so that I can apologize and we can have closure? Yes. Which, so this
1: is the point where I was rewatching it where, and it's funny because I was originally going into this. I think talking to you about this has made me like this movie a lot more because My issue when I watched it the second time is, like, I wish it had committed a little bit more to the, like, not the comedy, like, I'm not saying it should have been a horror comedy, but I wish it had just, like, kind of, but with that being said, like, now speaking with you out loud about it, I'm realizing, like, how many, like, little subtle, sort of intricately, like, silly moments there are, like, just kind of, like ridiculous moments i guess is maybe a good way to phrase it and because at the end of the video this is my favorite part i think of the whole movie at the end of the movie i mean at the end of the video aaron pauses it and it's a and i don't think you i think the camera is off of joseph when he's talking about it i can't remember but aaron pauses the video and he says like into his video camera you know like oh my god look at him he's so sad and he pans it over to the screen and Jesus is just making like the saddest, like sad turtle face. You like, so fake. And I think at that moment, like I really was like, okay, what are what are we doing here? <laughs> like But again, now speaking with you retrospectively, I think, you know, the movie really like heightens this sort of like like it's It's not absurd. It's not like, I don't want to sit here and say it's like some absurd horror comedy thing. But like, you know, it just points out all of these like little things that we as an outsider might think are like funny or ridiculous, but in the moment makes sense. And this was like really a moment where I was like, how could you believe that face? But with everything that he's gone through, it makes a little bit more sense.
0: Right. It's like both funny and also makes more sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
1: It's just his face is so funny he looks like a little sad turtle it's sad turtle. it's so funny i want to like print it out and put it somewhere in my room It'd be a good it. t-shirt it would be a really good t-shirt yeah yeah just like and creep <laughs> oh, with face. His face. that would be good merch
0: yeah they it's should they, yeah uh, right exactly yeah we should go co- we should go in on that collab yeah, yeah absolutely um, but the sad turtle face works. Aaron decides yeah. to go to this park. He puts the camera like where it's filming this lake and this bench. Mm-hmm. And he tells the camera that he has like 911 on speed dial in case something goes wrong. And he sits on the bench. And while he's sitting on the bench looking out into the lake, Joseph starts to creep up behind him mm-hmm. wearing the beach fuzz mask and pulls the axe out from under his coat and mm-hmm. like kind of holds it up over his head. And then, mm. boom! puts it in, puts it in Aaron's head like clock. Yeah, and it's a gross noise. It's a I don't know what they did
1: to make that scene happen, but that was. It looks so realistic in yeah. that it looks so like subtle isn't the word, but it looks so like blood doesn't go flying or gushing. Right. Near, you know, it's just it just goes in and it makes this awful noise, and Ugh. he just falls.
0: Oh yeah! Oh, it's it's really well done. I remember watching it the first time, and I was like, "Is this going to be another joke? Is he going to kill him?" And I mean, until the moment the axe went in his head, yes, uh, I was like, "What's going to happen?" I thought it was just really brilliant. Same, yeah. And then we do get a little like epilogue because Mm -hmm. Joseph uh, talks into the camera, and it's kind of like him revealing his whole thing. Yeah. We he does say that um Aaron was his favorite. You know, he yeah. did think he was a genuinely good person. Mm-hmm. And he then like has this collection of DVDs and we learn that he's done this to other people.
1: Yeah, before. but Aaron's Aaron's has a heart on it. No one else who does.
0: <laughs> so he does love him.
1: I honestly like I think that's a really brilliant like detail because It, you know, if you like the first time I watched it, I was like, you know, my immediate thought was he doesn't actually really care about, you know what I mean? Like, I immediately was like, this guy's psychotic. He says this about every single person that he kills. But when you see the little heart and no one else is done, it's like, actually, like, oh,
0: that's true. It meant something. It meant something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then that's it. That's it.
0: We get the, you know, we get the idea that he's going to do it to someone again, and then, mm-hmm. um, in the sequel, he he does. We get more on that. Um, yeah. but this is not about the sequel. Um, so we are going to take a break, and we will return with our gothic roundup. All right, ghosties, we're back with our gothic roundup. All gothic films have four elements: a girl, a guy, a house, and a haunt. Um, this one may not seem like a traditional Gothic. Mm -hmm. Um, it definitely isn't, but I do think that like Aaron and Joseph as girl and guy fit really well into those tropes.
1: I agree. I agree. Like this, you know, girl, Aaron being lured to a place sort of getting, you know, he has absolutely nothing to do with Joseph and just becoming like so involved and enwrapped in his life. And these two forces coming together. Um, I I absolutely agree.
0: And always thinking, should I leave? Should I go? Mm-hmm. And then by the time you decide to leave, maybe it's too late to leave.
1: Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed.
0: Good play on the. intro. And
1: Aaron is, you know, we talk about it a lot. Like, you know, the gothic girl is usually pretty crafty and, you know, has some wits about her. And I think Aaron is screw you Shelby is that her name I don't even remember anymore I love it. you know it's not even
0: worth remembering her name <laughs> right?
1: because Aaron I mean the Benadryl baller move like, Yes, so I've smart.
0: forgotten that yeah very yep.
1: good the Benadryl was a great move um, you know he does call the police I think that's something else that you know Shelby failed to mention is that he yep. does call the police but he doesn't get any support there um,
0: yep. oh I forgot about that yeah
1: yeah yeah so you know, Aaron, I think fits the Gothic girl trope in that he is crafty and he goes into the final scene being as prepared as he can. The only thing that fails him in the end is his, you know, him being naive.
0: Yeah. He's too trusting. Yeah. Which is often how the Gothic girls get in these situations in the first place.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Mm -hmm. And we have a cute little house. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, you know, far from a creepy gothic house, which I think works in this movie's favor. As you said, it's just like a normal house in the woods. Yeah. Um, turns out this is Mark Duplass's house. It was one of his properties oh, yeah. that he owned. Um, it's in Crestline, California, which is one and a half hours from Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Um, he put it on the market in 2017 for honestly, I, I, for what little I know about California real estate. This seems like a steal. $243,000. Are you kidding me? Like, I wish I could go back in time and somehow buy this house. Oh. And the LA Times said that this house is perfect for anyone passionate about nature and indie horror films. Oh. Um, and it was reported as sold the next year. Wow. So, this is how they that. described it. in the, oh, oh yep.
1: I was going to say, I wonder if um, they'll ever make it into like an Airbnb. That would be really fun.
0: I would totally stay there.
1: Yeah, Gothic vacation.
0: Yeah, that'd be so much fun. They <laughs> yes. have pancakes. They get it see if the peach fuzz mask is in like, gotta get the, the bedroom. Peach fuzz,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: If oh. I bought this house, I would keep a peach fuzz mask. In, you uh, have perhaps. to. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but this is how they described it. it they said it's a loft style kitchen. It sits mm-hmm. adjacent um, to with. Custom tile floors, modern wood and chrome appliances, dark hardwood lines the bedrooms and living spaces, which lead out to two large decks that span the length of the home. The mountain residence also has two bathrooms and a laundry area.
1: Wow. And that was under three hundred thousand dollars. I can't believe it.
0: Like it's not a small house. Like it's a it's it's as I said, it's a two what two bedroom house. Right, and it's
1: in California. And it's an hour we, from LA. I was gonna say, like, it's yeah, it's not like a short commute, but it's drivable to LA. Yeah, I'm blown away. I want to yeah. live there. That's so I know. That was this. That was the steal of a century. Whoever got with that. <laughs>
0: I know. Oh, that. I was. I couldn't believe it. Damn. So yeah, whoever got that got got a deal. So yeah, please invite us over. Join living there. Yeah, and please invite yeah. us. We'd have so much I'll bring a pot roast. I promise. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I I make really good cocktails, so. And I won't put Benadryl in them, so. Mm. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then last but not least, we have our haunt, and there's no, like, supernatural element. We've Mm. got the kind of, like, I mean, it's in the title, Creep, the creepy element of it. Yes. But this makes me think of what we've talked about a few times with are American gothic and mm. how the fear often in American Gothic is this fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um and this movie I think also brings in these modern fears of just like fear of intimacy, like fear mm. of like especially early on. It's like M like I know the movie's called creep, but like he wants to give the guy a hug. Why is that making me uncomfortable? Like is right. it making me uncomfortable because he is so sweet and just, like, has no boundaries and, like, is yes. doing this, you know? And, and like, the movie plays with that in a really interesting way.
1: Right. Something I'm, like, constantly torn about is, like, society's relationship with true crime. Because I think in a lot of ways, it's really damaging how much we trust people. And obviously, this movie is not real. This is not a documentary As far as I know, it's not based on anything true. But I kind of lost my train of thought a little bit. But basically, like, you know, true crime has really affected our ability to trust people. And Mm -hmm. I think overall, I believe that's harmful. But then you do get the people who support true crime and that, you know, oh, you should be a little bit more distrustful. You should. You know, and obviously in this case, maybe he should have been more distrustful. But also I think that this movie maybe is trying to highlight the extremes that has have to happen in order for that to be true.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. No, and I agree with you. Like I think there's a lot of people who yeah, they're just I don't know, the true crime seeds this fear Mm -hmm. that everyone is out to get you and danger right. lurks around every corner. And I think that honest, I, I don't know. I mean, I, but I, I feel like that does cause more harm than, yes. you know, I you're probably more likely. I feel like I've, this is completely pulling statistics out of my ass, but I feel like you're more likely to be ignored in a time of need mm. than you are to be murdered.
1: Yeah, right. Like I,
0: yeah. you know, <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. Like again, I don't know if that's a true statistic,
0: but it feels right to me. It feels right, yeah. and and that's what makes this movie as silly as it is. Kind of a good horror movie, going back to mm-hmm. what the person wrote on Roger Ebert, because it like preys on that. It's like I, yes, you want to help this person if what he says is true. Like I don't want to neglect him. I want to reach out. But he Absolutely. is preying on those tendencies in his victims, right? Um, yeah, yeah.
1: It's an interesting, like you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier too. Like interesting exploration into mental health because this is someone who's clearly struggling from mental health, but he's smart enough to know how to manipulate people. Mm. And so, where where is the line of Obviously, murder is a line. <laughs> like, There's like, line. Yeah. Murder is a line. <laughs> it, it was not like something funny that Gypsy Rose uh, Blanchard just said on like the View. Is like Joyce Bayhart was like, you know, you did what you had to do, and she was like, I murdered someone. Murder is not right, Joy. Like, it's like, did no, she really? <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: look oh my goodness! goodness.
1: It ridiculous, but yes. Yeah. Like there the line is murder. But you know, it's just like an interesting exploration of like, you know, how even though he's seriously struggling with a mental illness, he is manipulating someone and he right. is, you know, whether or not that leads to murder or if it just leads to an uncomfortably close relationship. Like you have to be able to recognize that and set those boundaries. But I also yep. don't blame Aaron.
0: No, I don't either. He is really sweet. You know, he's yeah. just trying to do the best he can. You know, he does mm-hmm. end up feeling for the guy in some way. He says he's really sad. While he's making his little turtle face. He's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we kind of can surmise Aaron is also sad and lonely. Yeah. So there is some sort of... I th- I feel like, you know, people who are taken advantage of in situations like this are often in these vulnerable positions yeah. someone with a strong social network is less likely to fall victim to this type of exactly scam any type of scam yeah and and, and then it get, then it gets back to what you said though about us being more fragmented like yeah. that as a whole is making individuals more vulnerable because you don't have this strong support network safety net whatever you want to call it so and that is a a, you know that's a problem that's an epidemic
1: it really is i mean it's like you know the whole what was i watching recently it was a horror movie and i can't remember what it was but they were talking maybe it wasn't a horror movie but whatever they were talking about how the main bad guy in the horror movie was like going through and trying to separate the group so that they could pick them off individually and that's how I feel you know a lot of violent people act now is instead mm-hmm. of you know they don't it's it's very rarely the white van or the guy luring you to a house anymore it's more yes. often someone who is isolating you and taking you away from things that make you healthy and happy
0: exactly and, so, and, at the, and at the risk of this becoming a netflix true crime podcast geez. like I, I also watch a lot of the ones about cults and that's the mm-hmm. same thing you know all the Guess. people who join these cults with their charismatic leaders yep. um are are lonely they'll they're vulnerable they don't usually have good relationships with, with their families. Yes. Not a strong romantic relationship or strong friendships. And so, mm-hmm. so they, they want this connection that they're lacking. And unfortunately mm-hmm. they get it from someone who is also siphoning something from them, usually money. Yes. But yeah. You know, also loyalty, trust, love, you know, they're, they're takers mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. it's really unfortunate. Yeah.
1: Mild spoilers for <laughs> creep 2 and by mild i mean i'm just saying something that it's not it would have been so funny to see creep 2 just be mark duplass's character becoming a cult leader because i feel like he
0: could pull it off i will say i did read that they want to do a third one but they haven't come up with an idea yet so cult leader
1: Cult leader. Maybe
0: they're listening. I'll put it in the show notes too, so that way they don't even have to listen. Like we want you to listen, please listen, leave us five stars. But like, also just do that. We don't even want money. We just want to talk about it. Honestly, come on the podcast and talk to us about it later. And oh
1: my god, I want like a Jared Leto level cult with Mark Duplass (gasps) and like white robes. I would join. That is what I want. Oh, absolutely,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. I would join. (laughs) I kind of. I sometimes I feel like i just haven't found the right cult yet
1: Mm, i watched the we're getting very off topic but i'm gonna mention this i think you recommended it i watched the um what's the one with like the online dating
0: twin Uh, flames
1: twin flames i watched that one and i was like i would have joined that in the early days for sure for sure like it's a miracle
0: (laughs) Are you what is the thing that they use where they decide if people are male or female? What was the term that you oh. define divine feminine and divine masculine? Yes, do you think you're divine feminine or divine masculine?
1: Well, I think that if I had joined early, I would, you know, automatically get to be the divine feminine, which would be very exciting. But I, if I was at the point where it was mostly women, they definitely would have put me in divine masculine <laughs> for sure. I would have been one of the people who's like, what the fuck? Like,
0: I wanna oh, know wow. how they would assign me. That's another thing with these cults is I always want to know what would they think of me. Like wow. I wanna sometimes I wanna pretend just so like, <laughs> you know, I'll get like <laughs> I haven't you gotten that role. Yeah. But yeah, like I kinda wanna sign up for Twin Flames and be like, what are they gonna say to me?
1: Yeah, exactly. Where do you guys want me? <laughs>
0: There's a, since I've, I've just given up on saying on topic, but since there is a Netflix, there's a Netflix true crime story mm-hmm. about Lori Vallow, who uh, was an co- accomplice in killing her children. Right. And it's because she met this man who convinced her that her children were demons. And right. he would assign people a demon number based on how evil they are. And Ooh. I want to know so bad what, oh and his name is Chad. God. I want to know what Oops. Chad, what Chad thinks my demon number is. Yeah. Like, So I just I want to know
1: is it like one through 100 or 1000
0: I it might only honestly it might just be a 10 point scale
1: wow okay so he's keeping it toy
0: yeah I can't remember if there are decimal points like you could maybe be a 6.7 okay so yeah but it's I think I feel like it was a pretty narrow scale
1: Okay, okay, interesting, interesting. And you
0: also, I think, get a demon name, because I, I think the theory is that a demon has taken over your body, so you're, like, now a 6.7 demon named, like, oh. you know, Turakion or something. Yes. <laughs> is that from Dune? <laughs> I think it's actually a Pokemon. <laughs> Harkonnen is Dune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: can i choose my demon name Uh,
0: yes now we've got full circle now i'm talking about pokemon and true crime again um so let's bring it back to greek um so do you think it's gothic what do you think
1: um i want to say yes like maybe gothish but there's something about it that's you know you kind of said it earlier like it's an updated gothic it's an interesting take on a gothic tale what about you
0: I agree. I've used this. I feel like I've used this phrase a few times recently where I've called something a modern gothic. Mm. Um, I'm going to use it again. I think this is like the true modern American gothic. Like it's taking our, our current, our current fears. um, And again, I, there's some movies where I think they are consciously making like a gothic. Um, Yeah. I I don't think they have with this one. Like they just absorbed these tropes that happen to be gothic mm-hmm. um but i don't think you know the intention doesn't necessarily matter i think it still feels very rooted in this and the gothic going back to what we talked about isolation like the girl yes. is isolated like the gothic has always been about isolation and longing so yes it has absolutely. also brought things kind of full circle to the way yeah. they were um, right you know 200 years ago
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we've been playing it pretty fast and loose with that term anyway, since Elvis. So I'm fine with this.
0: Yes, gothic means nothing. And it means everything.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah, I, I really I enjoyed this movie a lot more now speaking with you about it. Like I kind of want to go back and rewatch it again now.
0: We joked about Creep being a very serious movie, but I think we did have some of the more serious conversations <laughs> we've had on this podcast during Creep. So, um, yes, yeah, that is so thank you. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Amanda, for that. This has been a delight. And, yes. Thank you to the ghosties if you've listened this long uh, through our true crime diversion um, and actually watched the movie maybe. So we mm-hmm. appreciate you very much uh, for listening to us breakdown creep. So please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can rate and review us on Apple, on Spotify. You can drop us an email. So gothic pod at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram. And sometimes we post there. So until next time, stay ghosty. Boo! Bye. Bye.